This is the podcast for March 11th, 2011. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from the Take a Penny, Leave a Penny dish at David Brooks' 7-Eleven franchise. It's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Let's get started right away. <clears throat> Oh no, my no really? foreplay. No foreplay whatsoever. Sorry. I, I don't love America that much. <laughs> How can he contain his love for America? Well, you know, America was asking for it. Let's face <laughs> it. America won. When America it. says no, they mean yes. Yes, come that's, on. That's what he's going to do in when the, when the Iowa primary is over yeah. and he loses by a billion. No, no means yes. What with flashing your lush cornfields and your sweeping plains and your waving your soybeans right in my face, right in my face, like I was supposed to ignore that. Your honor, please. I'm a man. How can a man ignore these things? Well, David Brooks said that he wouldn't hire Newt Gingrich to work at a Seven Eleven, let alone president of the United States. So, are we sure that Newt Gingrich couldn't get a job at David Brooks's Seven Eleven? I'm pretty sure he could. Does he have pretty, passion enough? He has for passion. The he, yeah, he he's he's willing to work there, you know. Duke Gingrich, uh, you know, it is like Groundhog Day on the right. It's just the same same flash shit, different day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Over and over and over again. And and as a as a personal away. note, one of what we're doing at this point is in the middle of the week when we record the podcast. We are in our separate locations. Drift Glass is in Chicago yes. working hard, and I'm down here with the kids. And on weekends, whenever we can, we are. I'm either going up there with the kids or he's coming down here. And then you drive your family down to back, come back down where the school is. So that's always a fun drive and yes. in the minivan. But on the way down this past weekend, uh, we listened to a book on tape, indoctrinating the children, of course. Um, yes. We listened to The Truth with Jokes by Al Franken. Yes. Oh, Mom, do we have to listen to another book about George W. Bush? And and this Frankenfella, he he's not going anywhere really. He's <laughs> he's kind of a one trick yeah, pony. Yeah, he's a comedian, know. you know. Yeah. Huh? But uh, he wrote this in 2005, and during the week, you and I just kept shaking our heads because fucking surreal. It, it was Ralph Reed and the Mariana Islands uh-huh. forced abortion thing, and then uh, we were we were listening to this book and. There's this whole very long chapter. First of all, there's stuff about Jack Abramoff and Ralph Reed and right. Terry Schiavo and the forced abortions in the Mariana Islands. And now, it, you know, which is which is literally ripped from today's from headlines. Today's headlines because well, Ralph Reed, six years ago. Ralph Reed paid for the Faith and Freedom Conference that was this Iowa pre-debate debate thing this week. Ralph Reed paid for that. And then Ralph Reed comes on and says, I don't think Newt Gingrich should be judged on his past. He should be judged on the future. And it's this circle jerk of, and you know, Ralph Reed people pays have been, for it. And then Newt Gingrich shows up for the debate and lends it hey, quote unquote credibility. It's all of his credibility, yeah. all of his considerable credibility. And, but it's, the, it's these criminals. Yeah. I mean, Ralph Reed should be in fucking Absolutely. jail right now. Absolutely. You know, but instead the, he's if you paying for. Yeah, he's. Flag to be up on a stage so that these Newt Gingrich can stand in front of a bunch of and and Santorum can stand in front of Christian idiots. Yeah, can stand and say faith and freedom, and it's all about faith. You know, oh my gosh! And then the whole huge section about 
George Bush's efforts to privatize Social Security and creating a crisis. Yes. Inventing out of whole cloth that Social Security is going to go broke. Uh, it is broke. It's going to go broke. There's this huge crisis in Social Security, and it turns out that the, yes. the numbers yes. are if you assume that people will Live to live, be 150, 150. Everyone will live. To, yeah. Everyone will live to be 150. Uh-huh. Everyone. Will, no one will die young. Everyone will no retire will. at 65. Live to be 150, and we are working out the total amount of debt that Social Security will have to infinity. To infinity. <laughs> not, not 75 years out. Not 50 years uh-huh. out. The debt of Social Security is to infinity. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and Which that's the crisis out, right there. He pointed out, you know, if you if you just change the projection by like a dollar, yeah, and project a dollar out to infinity, you've solved the problem. Yeah, it's a dollar a day to infinity. But all of these absolute bullshit projections, specifically designed, very much like Scott Walker designed his crises, exactly. and Florida Republicans designed their crises to invent a crisis to create a false sense of urgency in order to to drag one more Republican thing off the wish list, yep. which is destroy Social Security and move that money into the stock market right. where George Bush's friends can make a lot of money ripping yeah, it off. Richer. Yeah, that's really that's the plan. Great. And and the fact that that the same cast of characters keeps cropping up because, you know, that only happens you don't suffer the kind of humiliating serial failures, failures and defeats that like New Gingrich has, and keep cropping up unless there's an assload of money behind yep, you. Yep. And that's the and, that's the and difference. And the point was us. that this book was written in 2005. Yeah. And things, ha- you know, plus la même chose. Yeah. Plus la même chose. Yeah. The more you things change. I can do I can do Pepe Le Pew, but I can't actually speak the French language. You're pretty lady. Uh, yeah, it's it's it, it, you you keep looking at the same tired you know threadbare cast of of lunatics, and they keep cropping up like the proverbial bad penny. And you know the the Social Security thing, I had not ha- heard it explained in a level of exquisite detail yep. that Al Franken could devote to it, because yep. of course all you hear on the radio is there's a crisis, we need to fix it. Well, you know, when George Bush goes to the Social Security office to look at the file cabinet where Social Security, you know, the Social Security trust is, is kept. <laughs> this was great. And, yeah. and walks out and says, there's nothing in there. You know, a bunch of worthless IOUs. Worth- <laughs> well, you know, there is a there is an amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Those worthless IOUs were treasury bills. Treasury bonds, yeah. <laughs> and you know, backed by the full faith and credit of the United States. Mm-hmm. And there is an amendment to the Constitution that says you cannot, you know, the President of the United States specifically, and I believe. And members of Congress cannot, yeah. Cannot, you know, undercut the full faith and credit of the United States government, right. period. Which George Bush did without fucking thinking, because George Bush doesn't know the fucking Constitution, because nobody on the right cares about the Constitution. They care about using bits and pieces of it to ram through their agenda, but they don't give a rat's ass about what the actual document says or does. So George Bush walks out and proceeds to try to destroy the, the bond market yeah. and, and, and terrify people that there's nothing. Of course, you jump ahead in the story. And George Bush is then quoted like, what, what would you do instead of, instead of Social Security? What would people do with their money? Well, you know, you, you could invest it, like, say, in Treasury bills. Oh, that you just told us were worthless what? IOUs. Yeah. 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 And, and, it, and the fact that 
this dimwit that conservatives elected and well was appointed and then reelected or reappointed mm-hmm. twice yep. in record numbers, and now they deny they ever heard of this fucking guy. Yep. Um, was playing these kinds of games of social security, and of course, the, 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 when it turned out that old people didn't like you fucking with their social security, what did they do? They went out and hired the same people who did the Swift Boat ads. Yes. To invent the ominous secret agenda of the AARP. <laughs> and I still have a copy of this oh, graphic yeah. that I find yeah. now and then that has a, an army soldier with a, you know, with a red X through it. Yep. And a gay male couple kissing with a green check next to it mm-hmm. that says the real AARP agenda. And that's the sort of blunt force trauma these fuckers use. This old Republican playbook, mm-hmm. and you know, there are just about a dozen things they want to destroy at any cost: trade unions, mm-hmm. public schools, social security, social safety net, the minimum wage. There's there's all these things, these big, hoary, scary things that they will use any crisis they can lay their hands on to ram through. Also, taking away your personal privacy and anything to do with abortion, they they, they will foist on you through any. Through any means necessary. I love the person who tweeted, the woman who tweeted that, you know, she could barely walk because she had so many Republicans inside her uterus. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the point of the story is that Al Franken wrote a book in 2005 about the uh-huh. right wing, about the Republican Party. That is the playbook of exactly what's going on with Scott Walker, exactly what's going on with the Koch brothers, exactly what's going on with uh, John Boehner. They're, they have not changed, and they have not learned anything no. from their failures. Well, they've, they've learned how to win. Yeah. They've learned how, because what they have, again, at the risk of reiterating, what they have is a shitload of money. Yep. And they have right-wing billionaires, and, and let's face it, a lot of, a lot of very stupid, very bigoted yokels mm-hmm. who are willing to send them nickels and dimes and $5 bills and blog on their behalf and show up in tea party hats yep. to keep their psychotic agenda going because because what they've done is strap these these right-wing billionaire industrialist agenda to the good old boy southern yeah. racist ideology. Yeah. So they sell, you know, they sell oligarchy in a Klansman robe. Yeah, and let's be and clear that- too that the Republican Party of George H.W. Bush and mm-hmm. Richard Nixon and <laughs> yeah. Bill Buckley, well, that party uh, is dead. Yeah, Eisenhower. 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 That Eisenhower. Well, the party of Lincoln. The yeah. party of Lincoln is dead. dead. Long, dead. long dead. dead. And I miss dead for it. the last thirty years. I miss it because I said on my blog today, having a two-party system where both parties have some sort of basis in fact, and you can argue about the facts and how to <laughs> interpret them, is healthy. Is what a democracy it's is supposed to be. What a democracy be about. is supposed to be, and we don't have that, and that's a tragedy. It's a tragedy uh-huh. that the Republican Party has been hijacked by racists. And billionaires, period. It's, and, that and is a it, tragedy. I mourn a, the Republican Party that ha- at least had some basis in fact. The fact that Richard Nixon is too liberal to be elected uh-huh. by these people is disgusting. That is a first-order tragedy, and yep. it is absolutely paralleled by another first-order tragedy that we now have in our media. A rule that says what you just said, Blue Gal, you're not allowed to say yeah. that. You absolutely cannot mention the fact the Republican Party is run by lunatics. You cannot 
ever, ever say that under any circumstances or you will get fired right. if you if you point to this big, ugly, horrifying truth at the center of all American life and politics right now, which is this great squatting monster that's destroying this country and point to it and say, that's the problem. If you do that, you're fucking fired. Yep. Or, or you're forced to quit like the guys on NPR. And you wrote a very good post about how hijacked this whole thing was. And John Stewart used the word pussy last night to talk yeah. about NPR, those NPR executives who resigned for telling the truth. But it's yeah. true. You're just not allowed to speak truth. Uh, you're just, it, you know, period. Well, and, and maybe that's you know, all we need hard, to say about that. But it's uh, well, in, in in light of the passing of David Broder, it is sufficient to say for future historians that this phenomenon of you're never allowed to call out Republicans ever mm-hmm. without inventing some reason to hate Democrats equally in, in the same amount and for the same reason mm-hmm. is called high Broderism for a reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That David Broder's life is a tragedy. It is because his ideological perversion destroyed his profession and he among all people given his background and his his years of very hard work was uniquely positioned to report on the collapse of his own profession perhaps prevent it and certainly report on the fact that one of america's two major political parties has been converted into a fascist cesspit and he wouldn't do it and that's fucking and he was in a perfect position professionally and intellectually to do that And he didn't. he didn't do he it. He failed in, and that is the definition of tragedy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, this is a Shakespearean. Yep. It just pisses me off. Yep. The th- two things that don't piss me off, Blue Gal, that make me very, very, very happy. <laughs> yes. Uh, today is my mom's 80th birthday. Yes, and that's my one mom, of the reasons we were down there last weekend was to wish yeah. your mom a happy birthday. Yeah, uh-huh. my mom rocks. She's 80 years old. She has twice as much energy as any three people I know. People. She can kick your ass. <laughs> kick any your six ass. people. <laughs> she she is a multi-talented, brilliant, compassionate, wonderful, articulate. You know, she's 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 the award-winning mom, and she's a hippie, and she's a liberal. She's she's one of those liberal. liberals, 80-year-old lady liberal, and. Uh, we love her, and that's all there is yeah. to say. Two things that my kids really understand are grandmas and uh-huh. birthday parties. So we had to go up. We had to go up for a birthday party, you know. Huh? And then huh? were, they were kids. It worked out all right. It, they were kids, but yeah. it worked out fine. And and happy birthday, Drifty's mom. Yeah. And as an aside, we also want to wish happy birthday this weekend to John Amato of Crooks and Liars. It's his John. Dude, yeah. you know, I've never met John Amato face to face. He's got so much hair. He's just uh-huh. he's just got this big thick head of Italian black hair, and he's in his fifties, uh-huh. and he's just yeah, he's he's a great guy, and we love him, and he's a big support to the podcast, and we yes. thank you for that all that support, John, and happy birthday. So want to meet you, John. Yeah, we want to meet you. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, hopefully when we go to Netroots Nation, that will happen. We'll see what. What goes hint, on? Hint, hint. You're getting ahead of the script here. <laughs> I, I'm, we're up to the part that sucks. This so sucks. let's talk let's about, talk about Wisconsin, what sucks. Because this vote really sucked. And it seems to me like a real desperation, panic measure. Like the real David Koch called and said, you've got a deadline now. You know, yeah. take care of yeah. this or we're sending our people up, you know. and Because and, uh-huh. uh, a lot of things point to that. Apparently there was some sort of op-ed that was going to go out from the governor's office the day after this vote that totally contradicted the vote happening. So it's almost uh-huh. as if the governor didn't fully know how this was going to go down. 
and it just happened late in the day, very quickly, yep. and is now on television. On television. Yeah. And it sucks, and it really upset both of us. It upset everybody, and I watched Michael Moore last night, and I just about cried when he said, how many more people, you banksters, are you going to foreclose on before we start to revolt? You know, you uh-huh. really can't do this to our country. But you know who the happiest person on TV today is? He was barely able to contain himself and bursting with joy. Do you know who that might have been? Um, I'm guessing Stephen Colbert. No. no. This person was was just looked like he drunk three bottles of champagne and was just. Well, I'd say Chris Matthews. No. no. No, it was Richard Trumka. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Did he look happy? <laughs> yeah. Well. He said, thank you, Governor Walker. You're the best yeah. organizer ever. Yeah, he you're, him you're our bull one, Connor. My thank number you. one organizer. You, you, yeah. you have no idea our website is off the scale today, you know. So it's not over if we have any hopeful tagline. And it's very hard to hold out hope. I don't know how. You know, I was very young when Cambodia was bombed. Uh-huh. And so I don't remember that. Outrage, but several people older than I am said that. Tweety said that yesterday, and a couple other people said, "You know, this is uh, this is Cambodia. This is a shocking development that's yeah. totally illegal, and mm-hmm. just we're just going to do what we want." And uh, you know what it reminds a little bit more of? Because yeah, Cambodia was, you know, was was shocking. I, I don't remember it personally either. Mm-hmm. I don't remember much of this because you know I spent most of my <sighs> Let's face it, most of my preschool years. We don't want to know what you were doing back in the early 70s. Yeah, okay. Well, you were 10. uh, You were uh, 10 uh, in 1970. This was, I was, I was high most of the time. I'm not. No, I I don't, I, this was, I I have no direct memory that I can attach myself to Mm -hmm. or I can, I can access, but indirectly, this is the uh, Saturday Night Massacre. Yeah, yeah. When Richard Nixon fired the special prosecutor that was investigating him and then fired the attorney general. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and suddenly I all the news no one would notice because it was on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and all the news networks woke up and said, you know, this is a this is an actual constitutional crisis. Yeah. The president of the United States has fired the chief law enforcement officer of the United States, yep. who was investigating him. Yeah. Yeah. And do you remember? I, I don't know if you do. Who they? Who, who the? Who the schlub was? Who the? Who the stooge was that they got to stand in and do the actual firing? Uh, Al Haig? Robert Bork. Oh, Robert Bork. Oh, my goodness. Robert fucking... Speaking of bad pennies that mm-hmm. never go yep. away. The do Republican dirty work and never fucking go away. You know, Robert that that's Bork. why wow. these guys are around. That, that's why Scott Walker is playing a longer game, yeah. I think. Yeah. He knows. He, knows he, he always has a shit. job. He has a job yeah. for the rest of his life. He does. He does. Absolutely. He does. And he has They're going to take Gingrich. care of him. Yeah, you know. You, you look at New Kingridge and you see someone who absolutely humiliated himself. Yep. And 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 destroy And this is what this is where the the sort of the um um Oh, they've overreached this time. Yeah, yeah. You know? this is when oh, they've gone yourself. too far this time. Shrug your like shoulders. really, yeah. really? Are, yeah. We're still in Iraq, right? Yeah. Uh, Gitmo still open. George Bush in prison yet? Anybody ever go to jail for anything the Bush administration ever did? No. The one guy who was up was got pardoned, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So basically, the, the lesson of the Bush administration is when that is that Nixon should have burned the tapes. Yep. Yep. And that if you overreach, just keep fucking overreaching. Keep keep fucking them, and eventually mm-hmm. you'll win. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And that is the that is the lesson about fighting that the left doesn't seem to get through our fucking heads is that these people are playing for keep and the the more we you know fan ourselves and go oh my oh my lord this time they've certainly gone too far. Uh, no, they haven't. No, they haven't. Yep. They they, they won. Scott Walker won. Yeah. He gets the law he wants. He gets to put it through, and he has job security for the rest of his life. Yep. You know, as as um, Peter O'Toole in the line in winter. To these aged eyes, boy, that's what winning looks like. Yeah. You know, Scott Walker won. Yeah. He got everything he wanted. He got to gut the unions, which was the only reason he was ever doing any of this. He got to advance the Republican agenda. He got to become a hero. Among the lunatics who run his party, and he's got and he has a job. Uh, uh, yep, at least a six-figure salary and maybe a seven-figure salary for the rest Forever. of his life. For the rest yep. of his life, that's winning. Yep. And if you don't understand that 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 he won, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what the mob say, it doesn't matter what I say, it doesn't matter what, what what recall, unless they physically undo everything he did and put things back the way they were, he advanced the Koch brothers' agenda. To the detriment of the middle class, and that's always been the fucking idea. And he did it successfully. And he did it by being completely willing to fuck his own constituents over. Well, and and that's why what we have said, you know, what we said at the end of last month and what Michael Moore said last night is so important, which is this is a war and we better learn how to fucking fight and how to fight back and undo what's being done. And that and that's our goal now is to undo it. Push back, organize, uh-huh. unionize. This is a war. Yeah. This is a war. Yeah. Period. It's a war against it's the middle keeps. class, and it's we're playing for keeps. So, uh-huh. you know, the only thing that's going to change things is if we make it hurt for them. Mm-hmm. So, get with mm-hmm. it, people. Organize. And I said to somebody today, somebody was saying Obama this, Obama that. Obama is irrelevant at this point. I'm sorry to say that. I'm yeah, not trying yeah. to be nasty. But, you know, boots on the ground, people. Stop turning to the White House to solve your problems. And I'm I'm yeah. sorry to say that because I'd love to have Mr. Bully Pulpit, you know, out there shouting what I want to hear. Yeah. But that's not going to happen. So move on without him. And that doesn't mean mm-hmm. vote against him. I don't think we can go on and on and on about that. That's really another topic for another time. But because we both talked about how disappointed we are in this president. And we've yeah. also talked about how real change comes from having an African-American president in office. And long-term change will happen by having a highly visible African-American <laughs> representing this country in the on the international stage for – you know, his two terms. So uh-huh. anyway, that's an aside. But it's true. This is a This is a fight movement. for us, not a fight for him. And we better yeah. get no. busy and fight. So no. there you go. And and if we do, we win. And and the thing that most honestly I'm coming up on it, my sixth my sixth year anniversary blogging. Six years of blogging. Which feels you know You weird. feel sad? No, I don't. I just I, what what I was promised when I started blogging, actually, I got everything I was promised. <laughs> you got I was it. promised money, liquor, and, and a woman, and I got all of those things. So, f- fucking hey, I'm a, I'm a winner, winning. Winning. Duh. So, and, and I'm in that regard a very lucky. Let me let me be very clear about this. I'm a lucky man. Yes. I'm, yes, you are. I'm, damn it. <laughs> I, I, I'm underemployed. I'm unemployed. I'm, I'm I'm you know I'm all those things that you don't want to be when you're 50. But I'm a lucky man. I'm blessed, and I'm I'm. Fortunate in I'm, hey, Louis C.K. says, "Hey, I'm white. <laughs> I'm, I'm a 
right man. I mean, well, I, I do want to ask you something though, because and this yeah. is maybe this is too personal for the podcast. You'll tell me if it is. Okay. You you and I have talked about you know the children yes. and you know they they mm-hmm. are biologically another man's children and he's involved in their life and a good you know supportive dad and cares about their school and all that. It's a blended family. Also, there's a blended family, and they are your kids. They are your kids right. as well as my kids, as well as his kids. It takes a village. They're your kids. Has having kids uh-huh. changed your politics at all yet or still or maybe not, maybe never? But there's only it, one it, right answer actually, to that question, Driftglass. I'm sorry. Of course not, Blue Gal. It's only made me a better liberal. You make, you make me want to be a better liberal. Yeah. Sorry, that's that's from uh, as good as it gets, right? I steal from everybody. Let's face it, I steal. Um, probably it, it has taken some of the despair out of it. Oh, okay. For me, yeah. You know, the the future is much less an abstraction. Yeah. When yeah. you see it covered in <laughs> glitter paint. Yep. Going, tell me a story, <laughs> <laughs> um, or 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 more like it, holding up a busted something. Going, I didn't. Do I it. didn't do it. It was my I brother. Where where huh. where is your brother? He's outside. <laughs> yeah. So there, there is that, but I I think it's a combination of things, and a, a lot of convert a lot of things have happened in the last couple of years. Well, and you, you and know, I have I, talked I about life insurance, you know, and things yeah. thinking about things like that that. We didn't yeah. really have to think about before, but there's you know mortality comes into play too. Not just hope for the future, yeah. but kind of what happens when I'm not yeah. here, you know, and, the, yeah. and what happens to them. And you and I talk about well, that and too. and you know having a sort of a massive career um, collapse, the latest of probably four I think in my lifetime that have constantly been resetting me back to zero, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know. I'm going to have to get rid of the castle. Yep. Uh, that's pretty clear. Um, turning 50 and a bunch of things. And I, all things considered, I should be much more miserable than I am now. Um, but I'm not. So part of that is a chemical imbalance, I'm sure, which I'm for, which I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy for every day. grateful for the chemical imbalance I'm of falling in very, love. Very yes. Ha- <laughs> very happy. But part of it is this political, it's, it's the political cycle. Mm-hmm. For me, my mental political cycle, and I've been involved in politics off and on for, for a good long time as an interested bystander and a participant and a voter and all those things and, and have changed my opinions in a lot of, you know, over time on a lot of things. But it feels like this political record is now starting over. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I, this is where I came in. Yeah, this is same shit, different day. It really is. Yeah. It really, really and is. And I, both in terms of headlines. Mm hmm. Which I'm, you know, I'm very attuned to, and people in the news. It, it, it appalls me that I can turn my back on my computer and know that the voice I'm hearing is David fucking from. Yeah, yeah. That just that just unnerves me that I would actually know that to that level of detail, uh, and not just him, but lots and lots and lots of people in the political world and in the culture and social world and the media world. Mm-hmm. However, um, I sort of came into the tent this time around. With this degree of intensity and this degree of, of focus, mm-hmm. um, because of blogging, yeah, because blogging was going to be different. Mm-hmm. It was democratized, grassroots, organized. We're going to change the world approach that was supported by this wonderful technology where 
you know, you, you could build community over you know, mm-hmm. very quickly and you could establish, you know, a network very fast and you could move with a high degree of mobility. And it was non-hierarchical. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was a, it was a pure meritocracy where, you know, if you had a good idea or a good notion or a good set of chops or a good, a good written form, um, you know, you could really make a difference. You could really come charging in. And boy, that changed fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, blogging developed instant, almost before my eyes. Developed a a very clear hierarchy, yep. um, very quickly. But I think and, I think we're coming back to square one again, though. Uh-huh. Where uh, I noticed last night on Twitter, all of a sudden people are following little tiny individual Twitter streams that are all from mm-hmm. Madison. Mm-hmm. And so, yes. yep, real real time, real time broadcasting. broadcasting. I'm you know. 20 feet from the state house right now. And all yep. of a sudden, they have 300 new followers. Mm-hmm. And so this is what I wrote in my blog today, and I think it's, it's really important not to give up hope on the blogs because I, I see a refreshing going on in the political landscape. And okay. the fact that, you know, not only has the GOP been hijacked by the AstroTurf Tea Party, but the Democrats... <laughs> Hat tip, Cody yeah. Roberts. <laughs> yeah. But the Democrats yeah. are as bounded by corporate and moneyed interests as anyone else. So is the media. Mm-hmm. Most of the media. You know, I, I, after that wonderful, wonderful segment on Rachel Maddow on uh, Wednesday night when she had Michael Moron and, you know, I was ready to cry. They cut away to commercial. And what was the commercial for? Bank of America. <laughs> like awkward. <laughs> you know? yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and so, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, I think Rachel Maddow is one of the best people on television as far as not being bounded by corporate interests. But David Gregory, hello. You know, a yeah. lot of the media is simply Chuck Todd. Oh, these people are, are owned. Are owned. <clears throat> So, as I said at my blog today, thank God for unpaid bloggers who get a few bucks in the hat from their readers and listeners and aren't owned by anybody because that's where people are going to go for the truth. Uh-huh. And, you know, we, we've seen a lot of death of the media in the past five years and six years since we started yes, we blogging. Have. There's a line from... Uh, Batman. No, it was not from Robert Heinlein novel. You can't drink. Everybody put your fucking drinks down. Um, but there's that line from Batman where uh, and the Joker are talking and the Joker says, no, you changed things mm-hmm. forever mm-hmm. And, and you can never go back. Mm-hmm. Some things are cyclical. They really do happen over and over again. Business cycles, mm-hmm. cycle of life, cycle of seasons and things like that. But some very fundamental things in American society have changed forever. Mm-hmm. And, and they're all happening sort of at the same time, and we're just catching up. You know, some of them we're just catching the leading edge of, but we're just catching up with what it means to live in a post-affluent society. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Great Recession has rebooted the economy in a way that we are never going to recover from. Yep. Um, and a lot of that's good. I mean, conspicuous consumption and greed and all those things were bad, but those don't seem to be the the, the things that have been squeezed out of the system. Compassion seems to have been squeezed out of the system, and a, a certain meanness have, has taken its place on the right. You know, their te- their fangs have gotten even longer, and they've gotten even more willing to demonize anybody who isn't on their side. 
But that's changed. The media, the, the media that you and I knew growing up is dead forever. It's never, ever, ever coming back, ever. And it, it, something is taking its place. And part of it is, you know, a, a massive reconsolidation at the top with a, a huge game of very quick musical chairs going on between Time and AOL and Newsweek and Daily Beast and Arianna Huffington and Andrew Sullivan and people like that all, you know, heading towards the same few reserved seats that are still left at the top of the pyramid. Yep. But everything else is a shambles. Yeah. Um, and everyone is looking for the new business model, the new new organizational theory, the new scam, the new way of S, you know SEO trick that will let people yeah. just suck people yeah. into their blogs. And I I just you know I know what's going to drive the next level of change. It's human nature. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and and human nature in a very generational sort of way. I really think that one of the reasons that so much of the internet is free and there is very little money to be made in the internet that the fault lies with ourselves and our generation which mm-hmm. from a very early age was beaten down and told that money was not something you were never going to have right and so you know you're not going to have the ceo job you're not you know that belongs to somebody who's 10 years older than you are and it's That's all right. taken people of our generation mm-hmm. never had any money <laughs> and so mm-hmm. it kind of it kind of doesn't matter there's 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 a creative edge. I mean, I'm, I'm very much I'm I'm with the Malcolm Gladwell, but not with the David Brooks boil down of Malcolm yeah. Gladwell. You know, that yeah. there is there is a perfect storm with the bloggers that is creative, smart, formed politically by George W. Bush and mm-hmm. by Reaganomics mm-hmm. and not ex- for some reason not expecting to be paid for it. Yeah. And it was funny, you know, remember when we were watching The Daily Show and Michael Lewis was on? He wrote mm-hmm. the big short about the banks and he did all this great research and He was a young broker. Um yeah. he was actually uh worked I forget which firm he worked for when he was 24, 25. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, you know, that I, that he was he was doling out you know they were paying an, an obscene amount of money. Yeah. Financial advice that he had no business giving anybody, and he was taking notes because he wanted to make sure that in the future, because this was sure to collapse, you know, very soon. Yeah, if it was twenty-four-year-olds doing yeah. this, and nobody yeah. could, because he he wanted to make notes because no one would believe him, you know, once it was over. And he said that was fifteen years ago. That was the eighties. He yeah. said it's over now, but he and he knows lots about you know the lots of lots of firms and. As you were saying? Well, I was just saying that you and I were watching an interview with him on The Daily Show, and I turned and looked to you and said, how much do you want to bet he's between 45 and 48? Oh, yeah. And you said, yeah. zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No you know, bet, Blue Gal. No bet, no bet. No. He was born after 1960, right after. Not after yep. 1960, right after 1960. Mm-hmm. So you didn't want to take that bet. No, yeah, I just think that. That this internet thing and the reason everything's free and the reason all of us contribute to it for free has a lot to do with being Gen X. I just, I feel that way. So not to, not to cast a lot of blame on you for feeling underappreciated financially in the, oh. in the great wide world, but, uh, well, I'm glad not, you're not happy a- in spite of all of the stresses and strains that life throws at us. You know? I, I don't. I don't think I'd have appreciated. I, although you know, I do have uh, my moments, but 
I, I'm By just... the way, it... I just went up and looked up Michael Lewis. Mm-hmm. He was born in 1960. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. Yeah. It doesn't say October, but no. it might as well. Yeah. Yeah, and he, you know, and he made it. You know, those of you who missed the Drift Class birthday show, he was yeah. born in 1960, ladies and gentlemen. Sixty babies. The original, the original question was about has family made a difference or has that sort of thing changed my political perspective? And the short answer is, yeah, but not in the way you would imagine. Mm-hmm. It has made me again despair less, probably. And it's probably a, a confluence of of that plus I used to tell people I got my midlife crisis done when I was 22. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't need to have it because I thought I'd be you know dead by 30. You know I thought Reagan was going to blow up the planet. Mm-hmm. And uh, when that didn't happen, I didn't have, really have a plan B. So I went and moved on to other things. And there's you know the economy has collapsed. Trades and professions I thought I could you know do well in have either disappeared or, or shuttered their doors or radically decreased the 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 day-to-day habits of people the you know the, the viewing habits reading habits uh, what people eat and how they consume news and how they think about their world has changed so radically just in the last 10 years that it's like this body shock that goes with it and again i think the guiding the guiding force as always of reshaping those things since you know those are all things we need to have to survive as humans is going to be human nature. Yeah. And I, I will always bet on the side of human nature. But the dark side of human nature seems to be, you know, as focused and concentrated and as appeased and as hungry as it's ever been in my life. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where the hell that all led other than <laughs> it's it's a great time to be alive, Blue Gal. And I'm, I'm unreasonably happy relative to my circumstances, which is awesome. Yeah. Me too. And part of that is in large part due to our listeners and the success of this podcast. Wow. Inter- wow, you're good. <laughs> wow. I am in awe, Blue Gal. I am just, whoa, you just went, you just went to Segway Heaven and pulled that down. <laughs> well, we are grateful to our listeners and you guys really- are great and you send us great emails and we love you and we love doing this. I think we have a wonderful time doing this mm-hmm. podcast mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to have a great trip to Netroots Nation. We are now working on figuring out ways that mm-hmm. we can afford it. <laughs> Speaking of such thing, mm-hmm. and one thing that we would like to ask our listeners to do, which will cost you nothing, free, 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 go to our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com mm-hmm. and at the top of the page, there is now a link where you can vote for me, Blue Gal, to Uh receive a Netroots Nation scholarship. We discovered that you can only vote for one person, which is unfortunate because there are a lot of good people running. But because of that, we decided that the professional left should just put one person up on the roster. So I was selected, or I selected myself to go ahead and put my picture and so forth up there. Go to our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com. There is a link where you can vote for me to receive a Netroots Nation scholarship. And that will help us go to Netroots Nation. It will help defray This is why costs. you're never going to be alderman, uh, Blue Gal. <laughs> okay. You're never going to make it as alderman, not even ward boss. You know, uh, sorry, my friend. You don't understand how we play up here. Oh, I see. 
Yeah, but <laughs> vote, go vote for Blue Gal, and it'll help us both. It'll help her, and she richly deserves a scholarship to the Emirates Nations. Well, and, and we, we will use that to defray our costs as a family yeah. to get up there. And we thank you. Also on our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, you can listen to past episodes of our show for free with no download and no registration. Uh, just click on play, and you can hear past episodes. All 63 all of them? All 64, 64 of them. them. Yeah, all 64 episodes for free. Uh, we are also on iTunes, and we love our iTunes listeners, and we thank you so much. Those of you who have rated and reviewed our show on iTunes, we that helps us out a lot, too, and we really appreciate it. We have an email address. The email address is proleftpodcast at gmail.com. We love getting your emails. If you email us at that address, it goes to both of us, and we reserve the right to read your email on the air. Finally, at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, there is an opportunity for you to drop five bucks in the hat and support the work that we're doing here at the podcast. We never ask for more than five bucks, and we really appreciate your support. Thank you to those of you who've given, and again, we, we really are grateful to you. How are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, look out, the Internet kiddies are sort of regretting sitting out the 2010 elections. Let's think about living. Let's think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the bopping and the loving, loving, dubbing. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow with a switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. This podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2011, Glass Blue Gal Podcast. Thank you. Come again. <laughs> yes, indeed. Damn you. Damn you, Newt. Mm. All right. Damn you, son of a bitch. <laughs>